0: up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com in usual tradition this set of episodes as we come to a close of the year 2023 we're looking back at the year at the things that defined the year from different persons looking at different sectors different trends and insights and this episode is dedicated to fintech. Yes, trends in fintech that shaped 2023. I have on this episode of the podcast with me, the chief strategy partnership and investment officer at Now Now Nigeria. It's a fintech, Matt Francis. Hi, Matt. How are you doing today?
1: Hello, Anthony. Uh, real pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your show.
0: Now, give us some insights on what Now Now Fintech is about, what it does, and just so you know, those who are meeting um, Now Now for the first time have an idea of you know what Now Now is into and your role at Now Now.
1: Uh, certainly, yeah. Now Now was founded in 2018 in Lagos on the premise of providing financial services to the underbanked uh, consumer. Uh, so it's the agent banking uh, part of the business. So that's how the company started, and we got really good traction in terms of engaging with people uh, not only in the major cities, Lagos and Abuja, but really um, outside in the rural communities. So for people that didn't have a smartphone, they can engage with one of our now-now agents through a feature phone, and by giving uh, a telephone number, the agent was. Was able to open up an account and and now that person was able to pay a bill recharge their phone make a make a transfer payment transfer to a bank um so that offline cash dependent way of doing things has now been online so that's how the business started uh in 2018 as an agent banking business model from there we've branched out because we wanted you know the 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 real mission for the company was to capture financial inclusion in its entirety. So not just for uh, consumers and families, but also businesses. Because in Nigeria, specifically, there's, you know, there's over 45 million SMEs, micro SMEs. And most of those business owners are financially excluded as well. So we wanted to build a platform that catered to those needs as, um, to the SME needs. So uh, over the last year and a half, we built this platform and, you know, that oversees not only the consumer, but the SME. The SME, the the tools that we're giving business owners are ERP tools to better manage the business, cataloging uh, inventory management as examples. We're also giving the merchant a digital payment experience so they can, uh, merchants can use QR code to settle a transaction physical virtual card if they have an Android smartphone they can accept payments through the soft POS technology that we've built in-house so really giving that merchant a digital payment experience not just relying on on transactions in cash and then lastly and maybe this is an area that we can discuss a little bit deeper in, in detail we're giving merchants an online store called the Now now marketplace for, for these merchants to post their goods online and sell it to other merchants, so B two B, as well as some of the you know B two C, the consumers that are on our platform. So really, giving these business owners that aspire to take their business online that opportunity through our through our platform. So that's now now at a very high level what we're doing. In terms of my role at the company, I oversee um, fundraising, making sure that uh, we've got the capital needed to grow the business. To support the business going forward, I also oversee global partnerships for the company. Uh, so, like Mastercard is is one of our uh, global partnerships in Nigeria as well as here in the UAE. And then, lastly, I oversee the company's corporate governance, and the strategy for the for the business. So, the corporate board, uh, the advisory board. So, I've been with now now uh, two years now, and it's been a terrific journey, and we're doing great work and Driving impact in Nigeria.
0: Okay, thank you for the introduction. Consumer banking, agency banking, something with merchants too, merchant payments, and and whatnot. That's for now. Now, and were were you always you know having something to do with uh, you know, maybe the fintech space on the continent, or this is the first time you know you're getting into the space and What did you think before, you know, now, what did you think about, what impressions did you have of the fintech space on the continent?
1: Uh, It's a great question. So, yeah, my background, I'm based in our office. We have a small office here in Dubai overseeing some of our partnerships here that we have in the region. But my background um, has been in investment banking in the U.S., Bank of America Securities, UBS, Morgan Stanley. And then the second half of my background, my professional career has been in technology. So I worked at Oracle uh, for a number of years before moving to the Middle East. This opportunity with NowNow now, uh, this came across my desk through a friend. I wasn't really looking for an opportunity. This is a few years back. And um, I, at that time, I, I didn't really know much about uh, the FinTech space in Africa. Uh, I didn't know much about Nigeria, the culture, the people so when this came across I thought it would be just an amazing opportunity to get introduced to these areas that I just wasn't aware of and to learn and grow from that experience and also the challenge too so raising money, which I've been doing for most of my career it's it's a very difficult business but I thought specifically for an African fintech it would be extra challenging but I really, looked at that challenge as an opportunity. So that's kind of what brought me to Now Now. And I will say it's been an incredible two years. It's completely surpassed my expectations. Definitely a lot of challenges, but the opportunity is there. And and it's not just excitement within Now Now but also that I've seen in the in the fintech space as a whole, really trying to drive change, make impact, help people getting people to embrace technology to kind of circumvent some of the areas that are lagging such as the banking infrastructure in nigeria or the you know people who are not included in the financial ecosystem and finding ways to make it more holistic and and to help other people so it's been a great experience some of the challenges that i that i've seen in, in nigeria and in africa is i would just say firsthand it's having a platform that works, you know, having something that is reliable and dependable and trustworthy and, ha- and and really giving our customers that that feeling of trust, you know, they're dealing with money. So personal finances, you want a platform that works. And so I think that is something that's very, very important. Uh, you know, Africa as a whole, I think, well, in Nigeria specifically, the average age is under 25 years old. So you have a relatively young population that is using, you know, out of 220 million people in Nigeria, I think the number of active mobile uh, devices is ar- around 200 million, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe a little bit less. So if you a young population that has access to a phone, more, more or less, and how do you, how do you engage With that population that's already using technology in whatever degree so that opportunity is there but again it's it's coming back to building a platform that is sound that works has a low transaction failure rates that has a brand that consumers can trust that is the key and then the capital i think you know the region has attracted a lot of international capital there's a few Unicorns in Nigeria alone without naming names and it's, But it's, you know, the last year and a half has been exceptionally challenging. The market has changed. I know that there's still a lot of interest. And I think Africa as a whole, specifically fintech, is looked upon from an investor standpoint. Those that are somewhat aware of, of the opportunities, kind of like the last frontier. You know, you've had Southeast Asia, you've had India, or Pakistan, that have really had been leading that area over the last five plus years but now the focus is on Africa so the opportunity is there and I think it's becoming more and more mainstream which is good because there'll be more international money flowing in and supporting those businesses that are trying to uh, address uh, the needs there.
0: So in the last two years of working within this space what have you found out? What, what things have you noticed um, just generally?
1: I, I will say, for, so in the agent banking space, so when we founded our company in 2018, it was a very exciting time to be in agency banking, right? You had some key players, some big players, uh, without naming names, but still it was kind of wide open, uh, a lot of opportunity for fintechs to kind of fill that void. I think the game has changed a little bit there's a lot there's a lot more competition especially in lagos where a lot of other fintechs have tried to get into the agent banking space and so from our perspective it's still a good business particularly in the in the rural areas that the rural areas in our opinion is still kind of untapped markets for agent banking specifically but From a business sustainability in terms of revenue growth and growing the business, we recognize that the future of agent banking and the margins have come down considerably from when we started in 2018. We just don't think it's a a viable way to, to build a business. So that's why we have shifted into the SME space and really kind of sticking to the goals of the founders of providing financial inclusion in its entirety. To everyone so um, but but that, that there is a shift happening I think uh, in the market and and um, specifically in the SME space there are um, a few fintechs uh, there but there's uh, we see a tremendous opportunity helping these business owners get access to financial credit and is in, in the SME space I think there's a hundred and fifty billion dollars US dollars funding gap. In other words, businesses just can't get access to credit through the traditional banking model that's set up there. So there's a huge need there. And that's an area that we're looking to help these uh, merchants.
0: Mm. Okay. So something you mentioned um, that struck me is uh, the amount of interest that the, especially the fintech sector is getting um, from the international space. And for years now, in 2019, you know, the funding and investment that has come into the fintech space, you know, seems like it's just been going up and up and up, up until a time when it seemed supposedly that there was some kind of downtime. You're into partnerships and raising, you know, raising funding, investment. Would you describe this period? Since 2022, I think it's been dropping. This year, you know, we also had a drop. What are your thoughts, first of all, about funding and investment into the fintech space? I know that now, now I'm raised um, in 2022, last year, yeah, about 13 million or so. Um, so, what are your thoughts about investment and funding coming into the fintech space on the continent? That's one. And do you agree that you know, there's there's been a down downturn? and how long do you think this downturn will last for
1: okay yeah no i think from a, from funding coming into the space um you're you're correct i mean it, it has slowed and maybe even i think it's plateaued now from the fast money days of just you know a few years back so in in finance everything is cyclical so i think the days mm. of of easy access to money you know zero interest rate policy in the US and and Europe as as examples. There's no cost for money. Those days are behind us, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. In other words, you know, businesses that have a good model and are addressing, you know, a need that is there and has a product market fit and has a vision or has a plan to make revenue. Those businesses will survive and attract capital. The businesses that are kind of just trying to grow at any cost you know that business model has changed those are that's no longer viable in the market that we're in so the market that we're that we're in currently and going forward in my opinion it's coming back to the basics what do you need the money for are you re, are you revenue producing when is your break even when will you be a profitable business these are the questions that investors are looking to to, to have answered and they're looking for um, a vision, a scope, uh, a team that is hungry and also has put together a platform that um, that is working. Whereas a few years back, it was just selling a vision and, and raising money on, on that premise. So that's currently where the market is. I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a really good thing. I think okay. you're seeing consolidation already, but attracting capital, um, it, although it may be more challenging, in my opinion, it's healthier. I just think it's 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 a healthier environment. It's more competitive. Uh, the better companies will get the money, and and also I think we're gonna we're already seeing some M and A uh, companies that are getting acquired or going out of business altogether. So it's kind of like uh, the the tree is getting shaken a little bit, and you know the surviving businesses will thrive. And I see the the fintech landscape in Nigeria. You know, in my mind, you know there'll be 5 to 10 dominant players in the space. And those dominant players will acquire other companies, will attract the capital. But that that's how I see things playing out. So really right now everyone is trying to be that five those five or 10 fintech players. And there's some really good competition in the market. So that's how I see it. What what's my opinion in terms of funding going forward? I think it's I think it's going to be like this for the foreseeable future in terms of coming back to basics having uh, you know a business plan having a focus of making money uh, revenue producing having a focus of becoming a profitable business these are uh, the areas that investors are really focused on but there's a lot of money still out there in the market looking for good opportunities And as I outlined earlier, the Africa opportunity, although there's an inherent risk because it's, in my opinion, a quote unquote, one of the last frontier markets, there's enormous opportunities. And, you know, the the VC funds, the the family offices, you know, these investment entities are are aware of that. And so they just they're just going to put their money with with winners, companies that are performing well, that are making money if they're not profitable, will be profitable uh, very, very soon.
0: Mm. Now, let's shift, uh, you know, focus to fintechs that seem to have failed or closed up. And it seems like this year, it's either they're getting more press or we just have a lot more fintechs falling off. What do you think it was this year with uh, many announcements of closing shop? and uh, many announcements of you know we're just packing up um what would you attribute this to um i, I don't know i know you mentioned something around maturation too Maybe that might just be a reason
1: yeah that's that's a great observation in fact i was seeing i was reading an article yesterday about a fintech that was backed by a very prominent investment bank in the united states that had raised a hundred million something like this that that went bankrupt that that you know, file for bankruptcy to shut down. So you're absolutely correct. You're starting to, you're not starting. I've been seeing in the headlines, a lot of companies that have gone out of business. You know, some of these companies had great products. Uh, They developed great tech, but they didn't have a team to sell it. Uh, Which is, you know, a common case in the, in the startup landscape. There's more focus on just developing a tech and making it perfect. Um, but no plan really to to sell it. So, so but yeah, you're you're seeing that in the headlines. You're seeing companies get acquired as well. Um, I think that's going to happen going forward. Is and I don't see any slowness to that. I think we're going to see more and more headlines of companies. And why is that happening? It's because again, the the tree has been shaken. Uh, the market is turned, not for in a, in a bad way. It's just more of a it's more competitive. And uh, so you're going to start, you're going to see more of these headlines, companies going out of business uh, or getting acquired. So that's how I see things.
0: So more acquisitions and mergers, and then we move to the next stage. Now, agency banking, right? What things did you notice in agency banking this
1: year? This year started out in January with, big focus on, if you recall the demonetization um, from the last government. there was a big would say it was more of a shock I think um, with the big you know removing some notes out of circulation and forcing people with withdrawal limits. So how did that affect the agent banking space? I mean you had people that were almost forced to not use cash and go digital. So, uh, mm-hmm. platforms like Now Now, I think there was an uptick in just in terms of more customers using our platform and, you know, there was a bit of, I wouldn't say uncertainty, but there is there an unclear path of where things were going from the marketplace. Now, you know, as the year has played out, that shock has been kind of pulled from the system, but that's clearly, I think, the path going forward. Um, you know, things are becoming more digitized. There's going to be less reliance on, a, on the cash dependent economies that currently exist in Pan-Africa. And, but I think that's a good thing. I, again, that's again, coming back to my earlier point about people embracing technology, you know, kind of following the, the main trend that's happening worldwide of people using their phones to tra- do transactions in business. To use a wallet to to hold their money to get access to financial products to invest or slowly grow their money Um, and you have it all at the fingertips of your phone in the agent banking space you have agents that are in the marketplace that are providing these this access as well for those that don't have a smartphone and so the agent banking space is definitely needed and it still exists and it's growing our legacy business is growing but it's just not from a business perspective it's just not the right model going forward in my opinion in my humble opinion Oh,
0: really why 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 do you think so
1: Well, the 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 margins have been driven down there's a lot of players in the space Mm. so if you're not one of the top three to five agent banking fintech players who have scale and who are able to grow in vast quantities when you know capital was cheap then it's really difficult for, for other players to, to, you know, capture, um, or to grow their customer base. Mm. So that's why you have to get into other value added services, whether it's uh, lending cross-border remittances, or, you know, having other areas of focus to help drive the revenue. Again, you, businesses need to focus on making money. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, this is not a, we're not in a not-for-profit area. So it's, if you want to survive in this market you need to um, produce revenue you need to show where you're going to be breaking even so it's um you know the agent banking space is highly highly competitive margins have been shrinking it's there it's not going anywhere but it's really difficult for new players or for recent players in the space to make money
0: now for open banking the nigeria released the regulation for open banking um, I, I don't know if you're conversant with you know the idea and the ideals around open banking but what are your thoughts about around how I'm not sure this you know aside just aside the regulation being a major thing that happened in the space this year that's for open banking what are your thoughts around open banking and maybe what it could do for the space
1: I, I would throw that question back to you like what 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 are your thoughts? What do you think how open banking has helped the economy in Nigeria? Well, so
0: for me, if if we're looking at open banking right now, in terms of implementation, not much really has been done or not much really has, you know, happened. But if data is, you know, Openly accessible um, to uh, you can move your data, like you know, as a customer across you know platforms. Then, in terms of some security issues, of course, but it's easier for you to move around um, from one platform to another. It's easier for you to move whatever finances you, you have, you know, around, and it's easier for in terms of um, loans it's easier for all of those things because the data is like open like you know this data is open to platform a open to platform b Uh, and just the not just access but what you're able to do across different platforms as a customer is just makes it easier for you in terms of passwords and all of those things you may not really need to you know get into all of that but I'm yet to see the the exact way it's going to be implemented um, in Nigeria and what it would mean, um, but then security, cyber security is one thing that um, I think that everyone would need to like be very um, cautious of. Yeah, so that's actually my thought.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, and thank you for sharing your thoughts. I mean, from from I'll just use me as an example. I'm kind okay. of an older guy. Uh, And when I opened my first bank account, I Mm -hmm. had to go into a branch. I had to bring my documents with Mm -hmm. me. And, you know, you sat down with the banker. He opened your account. You got your cards Mm -hmm. within two weeks. It was just a kind of, I wouldn't say painstaking, but there was a process to it Mm -hmm. that accumulated for several weeks to to get that account open. Nowadays, you can just open an account within seconds or Mm -hmm. within minutes and you don't have to go to a bank branch you don't have to you know wait in a queue to 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 make that happen and then wait for your cards Mm -hmm. so like now now we can get open up a wallet Um, we can get you all set up um, within minutes and then if you want uh, to get a debit card for your account you can get that within 24 to 48 hours so i mean so 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 that experience from my days has just fat, you know, from, from a two week process, it's been condensed down to 24 to 48 hours in terms of getting your, your physical card. So. Now you have your virtual card. Yeah. You, you've got your virtual card already attached to your wallet. So really you don't even need a physical card. Some people uh, want to have the plastic in their hands. I get it, but really you can get a bank account set up quote unquote bank account within, a, within a, a few minutes um with regards to open banking you're spot on you know fintechs like ours has we've got a tremendous amount of data and not just from consumers but also businesses Mm -hmm. and that data is highly valuable you can do so much with the data so you you mentioned like lending and using lending as an example merchants that are on our platform that are doing transactions we're able to identify which merchants you know how how what their performance is, how credit worthy they are. And we can um, quickly identify which merchants are credit worthy and provide a credit facility for them uh, mm. to help grow their business. Mm. So that just shows you how important the data is, how important the whole FinTech experience is. And so that's, I guess that's my my short uh, answer uh, to your question mm. on thank-
0: open banking. Yeah, thank you. So. Now, data is what everyone banks on because it's literally the the new gold. It's the new oil. Correct. In terms of data privacy, data protection, how do you think we fared this year? There, there are a couple of news, um, not many confirmed though, um, but many of news of you know breaches, data breaches you know, that happened in twenty twenty three, um, and we also had conversations around data protection. Um, Nigeria's um, NDPR, I think, Um, the general talk around GDPR. um, What are your thoughts around uh, around data protection?
1: Yeah, and I think the topic of our discussion today, if if I uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is what are the technology trends for this year, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to tie this into data protection and its impact, but to come full circle and answer that question, I'll just say that uh, AI... Artificial intelligence excites me the most, and I think it's going to have the most profound impact in the payments space, which is what NaNo does. Here today and going forward, it has the ability to enhance fraud detection and prevention, streamline transaction processes, and significantly improve the security, efficiency, and user-friendliness of payment systems. AI can offer chatbots and virtual assistants that are transforming the whole customer experience. And supporting the payment sector, uh, and it provides real-time assistance and resolving queries that uh, have built up. So, artificial intelligence is going to be—it's going to continue to advance, and it's going to have a huge, I'd say, pivotal role in shaping the future of payments, in shaping the future of data security, and the customer experience uh, that, that people have using fintechs so um that is where we are from a technology standpoint today and it's only going to enhance going forward um so cybersecurity is very very important and at now now i knew this right when i first joined two years ago that having that protection in place is pivotal i mean if if your system gets breached or if there's any uh, cyber attacks on the platform it could put you out Put you out of business instantaneously mm-hmm. overnight. And you've seen that almost happen with some of the largest players without naming names in mm-hmm. Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so, you know, we have on our board um, one of the top cybersecurity, I wouldn't say analysts, but thought leaders uh, in the United States. He's based in Washington, DC. He's actively involved in the government sector as well as the private sector. He sits on our board and he helps us as a company in terms of being prepared and doing certain tasks as a company to prevent any dreadful or, or negative experience from these from these threats that are worldwide. You know, it's not just an African or Nigerian thing. It's, it's happening worldwide and you got to be very careful as a company. So it's a very long answer to your question, uh, but we take it very seriously. Uh, And artificial intelligence is going to certainly change the landscape in terms of how that threat, how data protection is going to be protected going forward.
0: Mm. And and I like that you brought in, you know, AI, because I was going to ask how, you know, AI impacted the space in 2023. But I think you found a way to, you know, integrate that into your response and that's 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 really good
1: i think so i just i I wanted to tie i wanted to tie in uh data protection Mm -hmm. into artificial intelligence but you're right ai kind of not just it's data protection but it's the customer experience you know it's it's uh making businesses more efficient in many many ways and again that comes back to data having that data will empower ai to work and to help the business so yeah, I mean, it's 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 here today in terms of the, the major tech themes of this year, in my opinion, like we're seeing a lot of headlines with businesses going out of business or getting acquired. AI has been all over the headlines this year. Mm. Chat, GPT, and all this stuff is becoming more and more mainstream. And AI is now in, it's in vogue, and it will be. It's it, For companies that are not utilizing AI, machine learning, or even blockchain to that to, to that degree, in my opinion, you're 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 not going to be able to succeed going forward. You have to incorporate these new technologies into your business in order to compete. Otherwise, if you if you're not, uh, there's just no need. You're outdated already. <laughs> already, that's correct. Okay, beautiful. So,
0: so so, aside uh, you know, what we've just um, talked about um, from how the space is going in terms of funding and investment to open banking, to AI, uh, data privacy and protection. Uh, were there other things that you noticed within the space worth mentioning that we haven't already talked about?
1: No, I, I, well, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. From a technology perspective, you can go down many, many paths in terms of where, you know, the next opportunity is or where there's definitely needs in many different areas. That's why fintech is the most heavily invested sector within the startup world, not just in Africa, but worldwide fintech commands the most money from investors because there's so many different areas, you know, it could be insurance planning. It can be, Mm. um, investment, uh, it can be lending cross border, you wallet payments. There's just a lot of different areas where fintechs are addressing these needs that consumers have. So, you know, we can have many discussions on those specific paths, but I think in terms of today's discussion, I think we've covered at a very high level, the opportunity kind of why fintech is important. What now, now at least is trying to do to make the experience better for our customers so i I just think it's a very exciting time to be in fintech and it will be for the next 15-20 years don't be if you're a young budding entrepreneur don't get turned off because uh you think fintech will not be popular uh from investors you know in in the the coming few years that's not the case Mm. there's just a lot of interest a lot of opportunity um, not saying that other sectors are not appealing; there, there are. Uh, but fintech is definitely uh, very commanding. Uh,
0: thanks for saying that. That's really encouraging to a lot of people who feel that there's really nothing else. Um, I shouldn't be getting into this space. Let me just look out for you know other spaces to get into. Uh, so, it's, it's just something that also caught my attention: the hashtag or green revolution, if that, if I'll call it that, climate change. Was it mm-hmm. really like a thing, uh, you know, between fintech and, you know, the climate change wave that's going on? Because funding actually for, um, you know, things that have to do with climate change or, you know, the Green Revolution, it's... I don't... Can I say it's it's a thing or it's becoming a thing, fast becoming a thing on the continent? I don't know if it's, you know, something that you have noticed too.
1: It is. And I definitely have noticed it. And it's something that is... Something that is really important for us as a company. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're trying to drive impact as a company. Impact meaning we're trying to provide access to financial services through our platform to the financial excluded population, people, families, and businesses. Trying to make the world a better place, right? Climate change is trying to do that as well, but from an environmental standpoint. So, even though the specific goals might be different from a climate change startup to a mission based fintech, you can kind of bridge the gap. And I think there's, you know, at the end of the day, climate change and fintech are trying to make the world a better place, are trying to help people, right, uh, for future generations. So, we, we noticed this. And as a company, we wanted to get involved somehow in this whole climate change revolution that's happening. So I'm happy to share that we signed partnership with a gaming platform called Planet Play. Planet Play is, their motto is uh, uh, providing a gaming platform for good. They're enabling uh, users to use their platform for for games. And at the same time, they're able to provide uh, carbon credits for those users to help fund certain projects so the deforestation and certain like cookware stoves and stuff that um, will help the environment as a whole so it's called planet play planetplay.com and we've actually just launched our um, uh, partnership with them in nigeria and we're providing our customers free data plans up to 500 mb where they can get a data plan through one of the telcos and they can get access to Planet Play. And for our users to do their gaming, you know, there's 3.1 billion gamers in the world, believe it or not. So it's a huge industry and you know, a lot of attention, a lot of focus is in the gaming business. But at the same time, Planet Play is making an impact uh, through the carbon credits, through their platform. So we're very proud of this partnership. And this is our small way of trying to Contribute to the climate change that we're seeing today through Mm. COP28 and through other measures.
0: Thank you very much for sharing your thoughts, and thank you for you know giving some more insights into. Um, what, you know, we noticed and, you know, sharing on your own end to, you know, the things that you've noticed um, that defined the space, the fintech space on the continent in 2023. I appreciate the time and I pre- I also appreciate moving, um, rescheduling the things you had because, yes, uh, you know, thank you very much. I have to say that, you know, this episode, man had to reschedule what he had to be able to have this conversation with me and to you to provide these insights to us on this um, episode of the podcast. So thank you very much, Matt Francis, the Chief Strategy Partnership and Investment Officer at Now of now, um, Nigeria for today and for this episode.
1: My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I loved your questions, very thoughtful questions. And um, hopefully I provided some insight uh, for you and your users. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.